This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. Uh, this is Aaron, and it's just me tonight. Uh, Brian's on a plane right now, flying home. But tonight, we're going to dig a bit more into the realities of, of operations and incident response. Um, we have uh, Asif Resnick, CEO of and very newly launched, as of yesterday, Big Panda. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. So, so I'm sure you know by this point you're probably sick of talking to folks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but and, and I've had I've, I've been a little bit of a cold, so I've been drinking gin, honey, honey ginger tea all day there long. There you go. Good, good, good. Yeah. And so to give everyone kind of a little bit of you know real quick background. Um, Kind of came out of stealth mode yesterday, uh, announced an A round, um, and about seven million dollars or so in 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 money and just a great great product that that we were kind of turned on to and we're like oh cool we want to talk to you guys um so we appreciate you taking the time of you know with your kind of launch week and including us so thank you very much for that um but but kind of to just jump right into it um give us a quick overview of big panda and and what are the problems you're trying to solve sure sure so the real problem that we're trying to solve is that for ops and DevOps, um, the scale of the IT alerts that they have to deal with every day have really gone beyond the ability to deal with on a manual basis. So you know, you've seen a, few, a lot of changes in the data center. Obviously, because of cloud and virtualization, you've seen dramatic scaling of data centers. You've seen dramatic fragmentation of data centers. So it's not that you have any more the stable uh, you know, 50 servers that are all sitting on premise today. It's in the cloud. It's orders of magnitude larger. It's in multiple data centers all over the world, and it's moving really quickly. And as that scale and complexity has grown, uh, the amount of alerts and issues and mission-critical incidents has also grown. And so you know, imagine that today... You're getting to work in the morning, and you've got a bunch of different monitoring solutions, and you've got hundreds or thousands of daily alerts, and you know that's what you have to do. That, that's the reality. And for each one of those alerts, you have to investigate it. You have to see which ones are symptoms of actually the same incident and figure out, is that incident affecting my, up, my, my customers and my revenue? And if so, what's going on? Create a ticket, assign the ticket, follow it up, document it. And it's just this manual process that hasn't scaled very well. And that's what we're trying to help out with. Yeah, and that, that's, that's a fantastic point because uh, um, those who have listened to the show know uh, like I'm an old data center operations guy from way back when. Um, but but, but kind of you know, like you were saying, way back when, you had these tools that, that each tool maybe you know, talked to one layer or one set of infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and aggregating this all together. And then as everything kind of became more complex and everything's kind of now interconnected and then 
one thing goes off, and next thing you know, you have five things going off. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and 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 how do you get that that initial root cause? That's always been kind of an issue. And and the more complex and and the more services that are running, obviously, the the more complex this actually gets. And so, tell me a little bit about okay, so this service it's an mm-hmm. aggregator, obviously, but but it's really bringing together a single interface and. How are we doing this differently, right? And and I and I was kind of reading earlier too this idea of like command and control, right? How does it? How are you taking right. it above just just you know getting getting alerts? Great, great question. So look, there's two main problems that are really vexing IT ops when it comes to alert management, and one is the scale and the complexity of the alerts that you're getting, and how do I turn that into insight? And two is that the the systems I'm using to manage my workflow are totally divorced from my monitoring stack. And that causes a lot of friction because they weren't designed for the scale and complexity and speed of IT ops. So I create a ticket. I have to do that for a lot of alerts, and that's a chore. And those tickets get stale very, very quickly because these alerts are running at a mile a minute. And that ticket, you know, even an hour later, once I've escalated to someone else on my team, they have to go back, go to six different monitoring uh, solutions, and kind of re- reinvestigate what's happening. And that causes a lot of overhead and a lot of mistakes. So what are we doing? You know, so, so to really understand what we're doing, there's one more pain that we should touch on. The issue is not just that there's a, this unprecedented scale of alerts. It's like you had talked about before. used to be you would use one or two large monolithic solutions for your monitoring stack, but people have really moved away from the traditional vendors like Tivoli and OpenView, and they're really moving to this best-of-breed approach to monitoring their infrastructure. So they're using really good tools to monitor specific layers of their stack. So they'll use uh, New Relic or AppDynamics to monitor their application performance, uh, Splunk for their logs, maybe Nagios or Zabbix for their system monitoring. And, and suddenly they've got really good tools, but none of which speak the same language. So you know, imagine getting to work in the morning, you're looking at thousands of alerts, and you're doing it using a lot of tools that you have to piece together uh, those dots to get any kind of overall uh, intelligence. And so what are we doing? We're coming in and we're saying, okay, the first problem that we want to fix is how do we turn all those alerts into quick insights? So in order to do any of the algorithms that we're capable of doing, first you have to normalize all of those different alerting systems to speak the same language. So that's the first thing we do. We we make it really easy to plug in Nagios and Zabbix and New Relic and Splunk and any custom home-built solutions. And we normalize that into our own consistent data model. So we have this IT taxonomy. We have a generic understanding of what is a, a server or a cluster or an application or a data center and on and on. And that's a normalized language across all of your monitoring tools. So once you get them speaking all the same language, then you can do some really interesting stuff around dependency mapping and using machine learning to really cluster all those thousands of alerts, which are really symptoms, and bring you know show you, you, know, you don't have 837 alerts. You really have 25 high-level incidents, and here's all the symptoms of that incident. So, you know, go ahead. Uh, I, and I was going to say, too, that it just seems to me as 
Of course, you have almost two trends that, that are leading towards this exact same thing. One of them we already touched on, which is infrastructure getting more complex and, and systems getting more interconnected. But 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 obviously, this the whole concept of, of DevOps and continuous integration and t- continuous delivery just would make something like this, you know, potentially go crazy. <laughs> you know, it's so true that it, it, it's not only that the scale is unprecedented, so you have a lot of moving parts. It's that those parts are moving a lot faster than ever before. You know, things don't break in and of themselves. 80% of the time when you have alerts, it's because someone changed something. So developer deployed some new code, someone in IT changed some kind of configuration. And, and so what do you have today? You have continuous integration and you have infrastructure as code. And both those things mean that you, things are moving a lot faster. And so things are breaking a lot faster too in these DevOps cultures. And it, so it makes the problem even more acute. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I'll, I would, I'll put it in the show notes. I would ask everyone to go take a look at it because I just I found it both really funny and kind of a light bulb moment a little bit too all at the same time. You have a, a yeah. blog out, uh, out, out there called um, Golden Age of Developers Equals Nightmare for Ops. And, yes. and, and again, going back to my ops days, it kind of like was like, yep, absolutely, completely get that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and completely agree too of, of, of the, how the mindsets are changed and how everything is changing and yeah, going from waterfall to agile, continuous infrastructure, continuous delivery. It's it's really interesting to see how all of this is changing and going faster. And and services like this need to adapt to keep up. You know, it, it's so true. You know, I hear a lot of times from IT folks. You know, this is such a great time to be a developer because they've got all these new cool tools and new ones coming out, and they're open source or they're they're free to try and they're cloud based, so they're super easy to deploy, and you can get up and running in a week. And it's just so much faster to get your applications to market. But now I'm an IT guy, and every day I get to work, and there's this new system that I need to know how to maintain and troubleshoot, and I'm drowning, and I need help. Uh, and, and that's the reality a lot of times. And so you need something that can help you make sense of, all, of that fruit salad of an infrastructure you have. <laughs> I like that nice term. Now, so let's dig into this a little bit deeper then. Is this um... – sure. A service for specifically for operations team, or are they kind of the core audience, or do you see developers wanting access to to kind of almost validate what operations might <clears throat> be telling them? Like, like who is the core audience? It's a great question. It's a great question. So it's whoever's who, whoever's responsible for maintaining infrastructure. So you know that's really a cultural question. So some teams. Uh, especially larger enterprises, they have this more traditional kind of there's an IT team, then there's a NOC and a level two and a level three support. And all of those are our customers within those kinds of environments. And if it's a more DevOpsy culture, then absolutely. If the, if the application developers need to have a, you know, a, a strong part of maintaining uptime, then they'll definitely be big, big audience for Big Panda. And, and one of the things we've done intentionally in the, is build a UI that's really intuitive and really usable. You know, I don't know if you've ever used a Nagios interface. Oh, you, know, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know, it's like it was intentionally made to be cryptic. And, and if you're a 20-year IT professional, you're used to it, you've learned it. But if you're an app developer and, you know, ops is what you do 15% of the time, you want something that's really easy to use, really intuitive to use. So we've made it look and feel that if you know how to use uh, Gmail, you, you just should intuitively know how to use this. You know, ops tools should be easy to use, not super cryptic and 
you know, hard to figure out what the hell heck's going on. Yep, yep. And it almost seems too. So to kind of get a little bit into the behind the scenes a, a bit on it, what struck me too is there seems to be a trend in the industry uh, across the the board of one of the ways to kind of go faster is providing a certain level of intelligence into the product. And so tell us a little bit about about the back end. What you know like what can you tell us about like the, almost like the big data aspects of of finding that needle in the haystack and di- kind of doing root cause analysis and and what does that take? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, what we're really doing is we're not reinventing the wheel. Essentially, what we've done is, well, well let, me give, let me give you an analogy. You know, Chef and Puppet and CF Engine and all the, the configuration management automators came along and they said, hey, you could configure 50 servers by hand. But when you have 5,000 servers, it's just not a process that you can do by hand anymore. So we're going to create this concept of a repeatable recipe. It's things you do day in, day out, but now they're automated and scalable. And we're taking very much the same approach. So we spent a lot of time with IT ops and and looked at, you know, what is their day-to-day? When they see an issue, how do they go about investigating it? How do they go about figuring out relationships between seemingly unrelated alerts? And then we tried to create a statistical model that can do those same kinds of things just obviously at a scale that a human being would have a really tough time doing. So, so how does that work? What's the architecture behind it? You know, if, if we were to take a look at an architecture slide, there's two main slides where you know, there's really a lot of heavy lifting going on. The first layer is this normalization layer, which, as we said earlier, gets all of those different monitoring tools to speak the same language. And once they're speaking the same language, then we can do a lot of lifting behind the scenes of how do we turn you know, 957 alerts that I see right now before my eyes into those 25 high-level incidents. And there we're really looking at uh, correlation algos that are really uh, comprised of three different vectors. So the first one is we're looking for topology relationships. So we're looking at all of this ocean of alerts, and we're saying, which of these alerts have something in common? So they're either supporting the same application, or uh, they're part of the same cluster, or they support the same customer. So that's one access. The other access is time. So if all of these uh, similar topology relationships are happening over a two-week window, well, that's not really interesting. But if we see it, you know, some kind of pattern escalating over a 15-minute window, well, it looks like there's some kind of commonality there. That's a pretty strong suspect that all of these 57 low-level alerts are just symptoms of the same incident. And then finally, we're doing statistical learning. So we take a look at things that have happened in the past and relationships that we've seen in the past. And when we see them start to occur in the future, we can raise that flag much quicker and much more accurately. Cool. Yeah. And you know, and kind of to move on to that too, what what I'm really seeing a lot in in customers I've been talking to here recently is, and even like you know, household name, big enterprise kinds of things, yeah, they're really starting to really think, okay, how can I move to these new development? methodologies and it's really been surprising because i think you know i i feel like we've been talking about it for a long time but i do mm-hmm. feel like you we really have kind of reached that critical mass stage in the industry where everything's rolling everything's starting to click 
But at the same time, the number one hindrance I've seen, because there's a lot of, yep, I want to do this, I want to do that. But then it's you, you hit the old tools that that mm-hmm. that you know just can't get rid of because they're just too ingrained in and and so that's where like integration with ticketing systems for instance um comes into play like i you know i've I, to this day yeah i was an old i'm an old remedy guy <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah yeah I, yeah I i used i used remedy gosh probably 15 years ago at this point and you still see remedy right and service now and jira and yeah like uh, and is that something too for for you like is that again Absolutely. trying to normalize things trying to fit in with everyone else not trying to do the rip and replace right and and if you're going to do that what is a typical workflow look like when you're integrating with some of these tools so great question. You know, we had talked about at the beginning of the show about being a command and control. So, you know, it's not just about giving you intelligence. It's about being that one place where you can actually automate workflows. And so, you know, we do hear from a lot of companies that says, hey, we're using Remedy. And it's pretty good for my full ITSM stack. So it's pretty good for what I need around support desk and help desk. But when it comes to my data center monitoring, you know, the same old approach just doesn't work when I have, you know, this ocean of really fast moving events. I've got, it doesn't do any help to, you know, dedupe this automatically into high level incidents. It doesn't keep, it doesn't, it can't automatically create tickets and keep them updated in real time and bring any of that intelligence. So that's what we do. We come in, we, we connect with your monitoring stack and we do all that goodness and then what we can do is one of two things. You can either use Big Panda as the front end, and we've engineered it to be super easy and very, very visual and intuitive. Or if you still want to use Remedy, you still want to use Jira because that's what you're used to and that's what everyone else in your organization does, you can create tickets that sync automatically with Remedy or Jira, whatever you're using, and we'll keep that system updated in real time. And you can always click back and forth. So if you want to see a lot of the visualizations that we do, we can help those old tools you know, really, really keep up. Yep, yep, uh, that makes sense. Absolutely. Now... How do you, okay, so when you're doing across multiple systems or um, there's this concept of, you know, incident tagging, right? How do you keep everything consistent um, and do kind of that deduplication across all these different sources? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, that's a lot of the heavy lift. When we first started, one of the challenges that we said was, oh, my God, you have all of these systems and they're all speaking about the same thing, but they're using totally different languages. And how do you do something smart without having to create some kind of CMDB model? You know, from the old days, you'd have to come in and t- you'd do this 12-month project to map out dependencies. And, you know, two months later, it's already out of date. Yep. So how do you come in and do something with zero? You know, you don't have to teach the system and it's always updated. You know, and that goes back to the normalization layer. So what we're able to do is use a lot of natural language processing to say that when we see something in New Relic and we see something in CloudWatch and when we see something in Pingdom, we can map, we can map all of those to a common set of tags that are, in, you know, that are independent. They live in Big Panda and they're divorced from the underlying system. And then as long as we keep those, uh, that mapping language consist, you know, updated, then you, you, don't, you don't run into those problems because it's normalized before you even start doing the algorithms. And that that really addresses the whole concept of 
of downstream kind of config drift. If you absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah understand that so so let me ask you this because i you know i always like to ask this when when companies are you know first coming out um sure what what, what the hell were you thinking yeah exactly right <laughs> no um what are some of the like the early use cases that have have kind of really gained traction and then what's like something that's really surprising when you're like oh we didn't even really think about that yeah it's a great question so most of our use cases, we we most of our you know this is not this is solution for companies that have scale and complexity. So by by its very nature, we tend to go to medium and larger enterprises, uh, companies that have web scale uh, infrastructure and that have uptime requirements that are really really stringent. So it's a lot of obviously uh, web companies, financial services, uh, advertising companies, uh, companies that have very large scale infrastructure and they need to maintain. Uh, strict uptime requirements. So a, a few of the things that you know were surprising to us. I, I'd say the first thing that was surprising was um, when we first started the company. We said, okay, there's this new wave of mon of this best of breed solutions to your monitoring stack, and it's very open sourcey, and there's a lot of really cool cutting edge companies and. You know, it, it's those company that that approach to monitoring infrastructure we assumed is going to be the fact of life in Silicon Valley and really cutting edge companies, and it will make its way into the enterprise eventually, and that'll be the large market opportunity. But what I've seen in the last years really surprised us. The pace of adoption has been much much faster than we originally thought. So you know, you see these big enterprises, Fortune 500 companies that have said, hey, we've replaced Tivoli, we've replaced uh, OpenView, and we're using some combination of Nagios and Splunk and maybe New Relic and a few homegrown systems. And, and, you know, and that, that really took us by surprise. It's happening in a mainstream enterprise a lot faster than we had thought, which, which is great. You know, it's, it's created a whole new set of problems which we're trying to address <laughs> sure. Uh, that's course. why we founded the company. <laughs> but but yep. we were surprised at how quickly this trend has been happening. Yep. Yeah. I completely get that. Absolutely. And 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 agree with it. That's exactly what I'm seeing as well. Now, now another kind of you know not on the script question, but but yeah. I, I was just curious of this. So prior to this, you were actually doing investments, correct? Right. Yes, I was. And and so so uh, kind of along those lines of what the hell were you thinking? Um, <laughs> What what yeah. made you make that jump from I'm I'm making the investments and I'm kind of placing bets to you know I'm going to go own my own bet? Sure. Uh, so you know I was an I was an investor for six years at Sequoia Capital, and one of the things I noticed was you know there's this been there's there's been this revolution in venture investing where it's just so much cheaper it's so much faster to get a company to market, and a big part of that is because Infrastructure costs are so much cheaper. You can get up and running on Heroku or Amazon. There's a lot of free open source solutions and very cheap cloud solutions that can start cheap and scale intelligently with your needs. And that meant that as an investor, we could bring a product to market for uh, a few hundred thousand dollars instead of a few million dollars and validate it. And now it's a great thing because you can be a lot more nimble and, and it's wonderful overall. But I saw that as our companies scaled and became very large and successful companies, from an infrastructure perspective, that stack, which was so 
uh, nimble and cheap when you're small, when you're large becomes this very fragmented, unruly infrastructure. And you have to have a lot of, uh, whole, you know, you have, you have to hire a, a slew of engineers to start building patches between all of these systems. And I took a look at, you know, I said, hey, you have these e-commerce companies spending hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to build essentially internal IT software. It's not their core competence. And the stuff that one company is building looks very, very similar to what someone else. And so I said, okay, there is a problem here. Uh, you know, there's a big trend here. The market is moving away from legacy infrastructure vendors towards this much more open source, best of breed approach. And that's wonderful. And it's here to stay. But it's engendered a whole new set of problems around fragmentation. And I think that's a really good opportunity. Yeah, and it almost did to kind of take that a, a little bit of a step further too. It almost seems like a the next thing set of things to go commodity, right? If if the infrastructure goes commodity, well then the monitoring and the platforms that support it need to go commodity. And and I, yeah, I come I, I agree because you know I really don't know you know a lot of startups these days that that hey I'm going to go buy servers. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yes. you, you, know, just, <laughs> you, you never hear that statement anymore. Right. And, and so that's, you know, the, the whole idea of kind of everything shifting from on-premise build it to everything else. It, it, this just seems like a natural progression and a natural follow on to that, that base statement. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the, the modern tool set that's available lets folks run so much faster, so much more agile, uh, but it has created a whole new set of problems, and scale and complexity is high on that list of problems. Yep, absolutely. All right, so I tell you what, we're, we're kind of out of time for this week. I'm, I'm sure everyone's kind of completed their commute or they're getting sick of us. So um, <laughs> where can everyone find out um, more about Big Panda, follow you, and, and find out more about what's going on? So you can go to our website. We're at uh, www.bigpanda.io, and you can uh, check out our blog there, sign up for a free trial. Um, it's all there. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you very much. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The show's over. Go back to your regular life. It's far more interesting than the podcast. Maybe.